1: we're back with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 392 aka year eight week 20 uh coming at you this week as always i'm your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks is our intro music too pro russia at this point like are we are we picking the wrong side
2: well it just hit me it sounds very very i think it's nice to acknowledge that uh um that Putin isn't all of Russia. It isn't all of Russian history. Uh, Tchaikovsky should be allowed, Nutcracker Sweet should be allowed um, because they're not tainted by Russian aggression or Putin aggression, let's say. Okay. In fact, there are a lot of Russians that are trying to getting out of uh, Russia <laughs> because of what Putin's been doing.
1: Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Do you support that?
2: Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, I, I, I've always been supportive of anybody who wanted to leave um a, a state plantation in order to find freedom elsewhere
1: are they really finding freedom though I mean they're, they're going to a couple was it Kazakhstan and one other one, Kyrgyzstan or whatever
2: well Just, they go where they can they, they, you okay. know, Poland I think and was the last country that shut down uh, tourist visas for for Russians uh, which meant that almost every other Avenue is closed. So you go where you can. And I think some are more convenient in Kazakhstan. They speak Russian too. So there's a familiarity for a lot of them.
1: I guess, I don't know if it necessarily makes them more free or just less likely to like die in battle.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a plus. It's a (laughs) big plus scripted.
1: Yeah. 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 I guess when, when I heard it, the two things that jumped out was like, I'm okay with draft Dodgers in general. Uh, because, you know, the, the draft, conscription, slavery, right? One and the same. You must fight for our wars because we said so, you know? And if not, yeah, you go absolutely. to prison. Seems seems like a shit deal to me as far as freedom is concerned. Um, at the same time, like, th- there are people that are uh, making this sound to be a negative thing. Uh, but we're also fully supportive of Ukraine, right? Not letting their fighting age men leave the country for similar reasons. Yeah, exactly.
2: On, right? Yeah, yeah. They should be able to decide for themselves that they, uh, if um, the the territory and uh, the culture was worth staying and fighting for or, or, or not, that their life is, is their own. It's not, it doesn't belong yeah. to the state or their family, right? A lot of them are like, well, let's just let's take the whole family out of here and
1: I'm I'm still the provider for my family and the best thing for them is for me to be alive somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily here fighting Russia. And I would say the same holds for uh Russian migrants. Is that a good term at this point? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Let just get them and their families out if they don't want to fight in, you know, Russia's active aggression or defense of whatever and just move, right? Free, free people move freely. That's the whole idea.
2: For normal wars too, you expect that. Well, and they say, well, if if we just made it voluntary, they wouldn't sign up. Well, they would. They, you would get enough if you paid for it.
1: Yes, and that's
2: just it. The elderly, the old, the rest of the population doesn't want to pay the cost of. um, They'd rather they they are willing or they go along with the cost of. of of the weapons but not of the human weapons the uh, the the salary to get enough people to volunteer to become professional soldiers instead of um, amateur soldiers
1: ah but then all you end up with ks is mercenaries and that's not
2: good (laughs) Yeah, i remember when milton friedman faced that in a debate with uh, william westmoreland general william westmoreland and William Westmoreland said exactly that. He said, yeah, but then we, if we made it an all-volunteer military, it would just be um, just mercenaries. And Milton Friedman said, hmm, you're getting paid, and you're a volunteer. Are you a mercenary?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> of course he was, but he bridled at that idea that you can, um, um, because I served my time, I did the same thing. I don't even I have a problem the- with
1: mercenaries. Right. No, not at all.
2: In fact, uh, if any war is felt worth it by the home population, they will pour out into the streets and sign up or pay and help and contribute in many ways, as as they did in in World War II. Still, there was a draft, but they didn't need the draft. Yeah, um, because people were signing up in greater numbers than they than they needed. They, in fact. The draft was still implemented saying we need scientific selection of, uh, of people.
1: I just think the, the concept of mercenaries in general is often poo-pooed, right? By, and yet, even in a voluntary society, there's going to be, I believe, uh, a necessity for violence for hire, right? Because whether, sure. you, whether you call them mercenaries, you know, providing the common defense, or bounty hunters, you know, to to bring an offender to justice, right? Like someone's got to do that work. I'd prefer they be skilled uh and their their skill set should demand some sort of compensation for that service, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, one of the big things with, you know, people with the the liberty movement or the anarchist philosophy is well what happens, you know, in your peaceful voluntary society when someone does something bad and, and refuses arbitration, right? What happens then, Mr. Anarchist, Mr. Libertarian? What can you do without the police and the government to bring them in? And the answer is you hire someone to bring them in. Like that's, you know.
2: <laughs> Half of the security services in the country are private security firms.
1: Yeah, yeah but they, they,
2: they yes, and they don't provide that role yet, right? Right. Only because they've been prohibited from doing so. Understood. The company a Rural Metro that started providing uh, private um, fire department services in Arizona. They also provided it for Ajo, the the town, the police services for Ajo, Ajo uh Arizona, and it was one seventh the cost of the of the. Uh, usual cost for police services. They had exactly the same training, exactly the same numbers of personnel, exactly the same equipment at one seventh the cost. And of course that worried uh, the state police agencies. And so they prohibited it. They, Oh, you can't do that. Competition would be bad for us.
1: Yep. And I think that's, that's part of what needs to be pointed out to the normies when that issue comes up, right? It's like, Yes, the service can be provided. Yes, it can be provided voluntarily. Yes, it can be provided cheaper than what you're getting now. And I think most importantly, those that perform the service are now held to a higher level of
2: responsibility than the people currently doing it. Right. The great thing about rural metro too is that they were more innovative. Um, they in, When they got involved with fire uh, services, Instead of having a big, expensive fire engine at one central located um uh station um they had uh panel trucks all around town that were on retainer okay. so that people could to continue their other work in town and it didn't cost them so much to be on retainer, but then they were close to the fire because they were all over town they were close to the fire, and that was that that's key to being able to put out a fire and I'm guessing the same would be of police services key yeah. to helping uh, people in need is to be able to be close and readily available, not just uh, coming from a central location, but (sighs) like pizza hut delivered um, much more rapidly.
1: (laughs) I, I, and in modern with the system we have now, I would prefer that the police stay at the central location and respond when called. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't put police, current police out on patrol are looking for a reason to justify their existence.
2: Well, yeah, of course, then you've got issues of liability. I think if it was a private service they'd have to be a lot more cautious about um, violating people's civil liberties and yeah. doing irresponsible things because they would be held accountable. That's kinda my point. A city when it has it, they don't they're not held accountable. Yeah, I, I see what you're pointing. You might as well have them be remote, but then they're not right. able to help you when you really need it to. Like the, the current the, the structure of the current
1: system isn't all that bad in concept, right? It's, it's the execution and the, you know, lack of responsibility, lack of liability coming from those that implement it, right? Like in the private system, before that security firm goes out to, you know, capture somebody and bring them in for arbitration, right? Coerced forced arbitration. uh, There would have to be plenty of evidence, right? That they're indeed worth capturing because if they Mm -hmm. capture the wrong person, or go on faulty evidence, well, then they're on the hook, right? Because the, the suit will thus follow, you know, if you brought in someone who was innocent, right, Deprive them of their liberty and their time, right, you know, they, you're now on the hook. And so I think the, the idea of, you know, the, the judge-issued warrant, right, you know, like, hey, we, here's the evidence, unleash the violent people is a useful tool, uh, but even in that, right, if the judge looks at the evidence, you know, I think right now judges rubber stamp things. There's plenty of evidence to suggest that, right? And the, the cops come and they go like, hey, we need to get into this place. And he goes, okay, go. Right, Here's, here is your warrant because same team and all. Uh, but if the, the arbitra- if the arbitration agency uh, was also going to be on the hook, right, because they didn't, they didn't scrutinize the evidence that was brought to them and thus led to the capture of an innocent person, then they're on the hook as well. So you have the, the, the mercenaries, the capture force, the security team, on the hook for damages. You have the, the arbitration team on the hook and liability for damages, you know, and the person who brought the faulty information to them, right, it was, if it was fraudulent information on the hook for damages, right? even if you bring him, you know, if you bring that person to, to arbitration and they find in their favor, right, the person who brought them into arbitration liable for damages, and I, that's that level of responsibility seems to be the biggest thing missing from the structure of the current system. Otherwise, sounds good in theory, right? Hey, we have this evidence, you know, unleash them, and then they go get them, and then they bring them in, and they hold them until it can be adjudicated in some form or fashion. And I'm, o- I'm okay with that structure, just not the lack of responsibility, which leads to all the bad policing, you know, the rubber stamping of judges, the the same team aspect of it. And the fact that they can hold someone, you know, was it in, I forget the, the whole article, but they held like, they held a kid in New York on suspicion of stealing a backpack for like three years without trial. And he no, eventually killed really? himself. Yeah. Really? I don't, yeah. Oh
2: my gosh.
1: Right. And and, and three years like where's where's you know where's the the speedy trial process where's do where's all of that Mm. um and i think he eventually killed himself like in jail because just three years and he and there's no evidence right like he didn't even steal the goddamn backpack they just thought he did and there's no responsibility down down the chain so i think once you have that level of responsibility then what's so bad about being a mercenary
2: right (laughs) and i i is that uh if he had stolen the backpack, the penalty would have been less than what it, he wound up um, serving. Uh, Significantly. Three years than the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. significant. You know, the, yes. the kind of thing you're talking about in terms of liability is also applicable to other things that we consider inevitably government roles, like highways. Um, I yeah. remember Walter Block wrote that uh, um, we experience 45,000 deaths a year on the highways. And we consider it in, as inevitable as a volcano, because well, what else could you do? Um, but if the roads were privately owned, they'd have a very strong incentive to be much more careful about um, uh, deaths and behavior on highways. They wouldn't allow somebody to have the DOI and keep on going out there. They would. They would be able to prosecute them for for trespassing, and there'd be all kinds of liability. there is, as there is for an airline company that says, well. Uh, we dare not let allow a, a pilot to have alcohol before this stuff because the whole company is liable. The whole company can come crashing down if they, um, uh, pardon the pun there, but uh, yeah. uh, it, without uh, personal liability.
1: See, and, and this is where we might disagree on implementation because having driven for damn near a decade if not more now without official government position uh uh permission uh, i don't think i don't think privatizing the roads would change my operating procedure
2: right i think i think your uh, attitude towards them and let me just pose this i think your attitude towards permission would change because instead of dealing with the government and the state which has no real legitimacy if it was a private company you would say well i um i respect your your rules because it's your property you know
1: generally like you, when yes. you walk
2: into walmart if if walmart decided no, oh, well we're going to check people's ideas before you come in and say well that's uh, your private company you can do that that's uh, up to you
1: generally yes and there's a there's a store here and they're supposed to check my backpack on the way out because i walk around with my backpack on mm. and they're so um sporadic about it Mm. that I give them shit every time they do it (laughs) right because there's no consistency if you're good if the rule is do it every time then do it every time I've never I've never refused to comply um Mm -hmm. but I always give them shit I'm like really this time what was it this time? (laughs) because last time no problem last time you fucking smiled and you waved at me and I walked out the door and this time you're searching me like what did what did you see you know, that you're searching me this time. So I always, I, I still make a point, right? You know, because again, unless, unless there is evidence that I shoplifted in some form or fashion, uh, it may only be 15, 20 seconds, but they are depriving me of my time on a, on an accusation, right? There is, there is a search of my private property, uh, on, on the suspicion that I may or may not, you know, have committed
2: this. So, yeah, well, then there are good and bad companies for sure, right? And uh, and and actually, your your response might uh, serve as the feedback that they get from a disgruntled customer that they want to improve their service. Yeah, like you never get that from the government. Oh, a disgruntled um, uh, citizen, so what?
1: <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. the other thing I want to point out, another, I came across a headline. It wasn't worthy of show prep, but you you mentioned it, so I figured I'd bring it up. I just saw a headline that. Um, with within recent years, because I don't have the headline in front of me, um, there was a, a foreign airline crash, right where the pilot tried to land the plane with without putting down the landing gear, and killed like ninety seven people. And so, upon investigation, they found that hundred and fifty of their two hundred plus pilots had fraudulent pilot
2: licenses, and were not so actually qualified. He did it by accident, or he did it on purpose. I'm curious.
1: Um, I, well, again, I don't have the article. I, I, if you, he died too. I don't know if he died.
2: Oh,
1: um, the, the, it's not whether or not it was on purpose or an accident. It was that he was not a license. He was not a legitimately licensed pilot. He -hmm. was unqualified to perform the job. And if you want to call that, you know, on purpose, then sure. He absolutely did it on purpose because he did. He failed to get the required training, to operate an airline with, you know, hundreds of passenger lives on the line sufficiently to do the job, right? Like he was unqualified, uncertified. And upon further investigation, it turns out that over half of that airlines pilots had fraudulent certifications.
2: Hmm.
1: And yet we're flying, you know, planes with passenger lives on the line without getting the proper certifications for licensing.
2: So a couple, couple, Libertarian points come to mind too with this. Um, well, I mean, okay, so then they sue, and then the airline, uh, okay, we go bankrupt. Well, actually, I like full liability for this from stockholders. It is not just the airline that goes bankrupt. I think that all the owners are fully liable uh, for their damages to that they've done to people, and therefore, I Joint think they in would incentive. have had a strong incentive to be much, much more careful in who managed and operated that that airline
1: and i i understand the point and yet it's always a cat and mouse game between those who set the rules and those who break the rules right and there will always be ways to break the rules and there will always be those willing to break the rules for their own personal gain
2: and i well yeah but consider the tremendous incentive additional incentive i mean if okay they they um uh, cheated and got all these unqualified pilots uh, operating the airline. If the stockholders um, were fully liable for everything that they owned, instead of just to what they had invested—a couple shares of stock—you um, can bet that they would. The, the practice of any insurance company, of any stockbroker, would be to investigate. Um, you know, the uh, uh, who's uh, appointed as manager. They'd have all kinds of ways of inspecting to make sure that they don't get by with this sort of thing.
1: I get it in theory. And my, and the only thing I'll say is I have faith in the bad guy community to find a way to circumvent that.
2: (laughs) Well, true, but hopefully uh, the whole reason we argue for um, private voluntary action as opposed to state action is that we, we believe the incentives Improve the situation; they're not going to make it worse.
1: Yes, that I would agree with, um, but you know, f- f- from, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, in, in every aspect of life, yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah. the bad guys find a way, right? They, you know, they they look at look at how many different uh, dollar bills you have that have been circulating throughout the years, right? Because it gets be- it becomes too easy to counterfeit, and then they go like, "Well, we have to update the security." And then the bad guys find a way to circumvent that security and start counterfeiting the new ones. And then they go like, Oh, yeah. oh we need to update the security. And then the bad guys find a way to circumvent that, you know,
2: mm. until it's okay. Maybe I'll come super to the defense counterfeits. Of the, I'll come to the defense of the counterfeiter. Counterfeiting is good because it ruins the reputation of a lit government legal tender monopoly of a currency that is much worse when they have this monopoly. In other words, what's the problem with the counterfeiter? Well, he's stealing from people. Well, the 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 people who should be um, persecuted, prosecuted for counterfeiting are the head of the central banks that do this all the time and rob people yeah. on a much bigger scale. The only reason they want to get rid of the counterfeiter is because he's their competition. And, okay. And um, so I think uh, counterfeiters are great. They they damage the reputation of illegal government monopoly.
1: I'm I'm not arguing the morality of counterfeiting just the, f- the fact that when something gets outlawed, outlaws find a way, right? Yeah, if, sure. if, if not counterfeiting, you know, then software development, right? Reverse engineering, all that sort of stuff. Hackers, right? We've got all the security tools implemented and day one, the hackers find a way around it, right?
2: Or let's put it another Penetration way.
1: Penetration testing. Since the
2: bad guys always find their way, I would say that it, they find their way more easily by just getting into government, because then they they get authorization to do yeah. their bad things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll agree with that too. But I just what I what what I struggle with within the the, the libertarian ethos of that is the long term ramifications of always trying to run up one up the bad guys, and the end result is a system that becomes so locked down that it then becomes a hindrance to freedom and liberty?
2: Um, I guess I don't follow how that, because I, th- I think the current life that we live right now, for all of its problems, is a lot better than humans have experienced throughout all of history, uh, and in a lot of other places, a lot worse than here. Uh, and I would say that, the free market competitive um, volunteerism incentive or approach has improved conditions and it hasn't, hasn't left us destitute it's left us um, with a much better world than, than has existed.
1: I I want to agree with you in the aspect of standard of living, right? And quality of life. Uh, But I, I, I might make the case that uh, pioneers right the, the those folks back then who like moved west on wagons and homesteaded unclaimed land right had more liberty and freedom in their lives than we currently do even if their life expectancy was 35 years
2: okay uh, the, okay that's that's a a good point i see where you're coming from and actually I, what they were escaping from was much more controlled than what they and what they found on their own Prairie uh, homestead. However, mm, I might go mm, a little bit and say, well, they weren't going to unclaim land. They were taking, for the most part, they were going into lands that um, were more properly claimed by Native Americans and just stolen from them. Okay, and they knew it. Most of them just knew it. They knew that um, that the um, lands were being uh, the Indians were being pushed off under reservations, or slaughtered and killed, and they took their land.
1: Okay, so you're saying that the the pilgrims, like the the pioneers, the Western Movement pioneers, benefited from government action in decimating the Indian population, so that they could then operate under that umbrella.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I accept. I I, I just uh, gave a, a a lesson about the. Uh, Indian removal, all the vast tribes, the Cherokee, the Creek, the Seminole, the Chickasaw uh, in in the southern, southeastern United States in Florida or in Georgia and all that sort of thing, they were trying very hard to assimilate and to become, uh, uh, to be able to retain their lands and no matter, um, there was gold there, there was uh, good fertile land there and uh, um, the not everybody, but the general population wanted them out, and so President Jackson, what I call the Indian Killer on our twenty-dollar bill, um, just had them removed. By the and the thousands of them died in the Trail of Tears, uh, being uh, sent in the middle of winter with no blankets, no food, um, off to uh, places where probably one quarter of them died on the way uh, to reservations. That then they got removed from there once they found land or gold that uh the whites wanted sure so it, it's a pretty tragic story
1: granted and that notwithstanding the the people operating under that tragedy had still had more freedom and liberty not the natives obviously uh than the current people operating under the, the current
2: government who claims the same land right yeah yeah okay yeah sure that's uh, there's a. Uh, um, now, an interesting th- aspect of what you mentioned, too, even though you say, even though they they might have lived only to age thirty, um, or whatever, I don't know the real yeah life well, expectancy. Yeah. Well, that probably was the average life expectancy, and now it's eighty. So, um, I'd say being alive is probably superior to, to being dead. Now, being alive as a slave, as an absolute slave, as on the, on the plantation, certainly may not have been, although the, the, I suppose the, the, the evaluation of that would be, well, did the slave take his own life because it was better to be dead than to be a, to be a slave? And I'm sure that happened, but it, it wasn't the common, the normal thing, or else they would have all died. Um,
1: okay.
2: So I think that being alive at least gives one the expectation that there's going to be something worthwhile living for, even if it's in chains and i would say therein
1: lies one lies one of the inherent problems uh with libertarianism and the libertarian talking point and that is the vast majority of people right would rather be safe than be free and all the libertarians and anarchists offer right is freedom you can be free but life is going to be more risky and most people go like nah i'll just take the state then
2: yeah that's a that's a tough um and very individual. I don't
0: see it that way. I, I, I oh, see the government. Chime in as, then. <laughs> I see the government as as the gang, and, and they say, "Well, you, you have to pay us, or we'll come beat you up." And then, yeah. Think, well, okay.
1: Well, <laughs> then they just go along with it it's, uh, it's because it's it's easier. Be, yeah, exactly. That's a, again. They, they there's comfort in that safety, right? I pay my trip, but it's
0: not because it makes them makes them safe.
1: It, it absolutely just, does make uh, them safe. It, it just uh, prevents, you prevents pay the attack. money and you're safe. You don't, if you're, if you're, if you're the gang on the corner, and the mafia comes as like, you pay us the tribute or we smash your windows in and you pay the tribute, your windows don't get smashed in. You are safe from their aggression. And people are willing to pay that. They, they pay the tribute. Well, they pay their mean- taxes.
0: Not, not really, because you're still you're still out the the payment money, so you're 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 still being robbed, you know. And yes. so you either get the broken window or you get the, you know, to, to, to pay for it without it getting broken. You know?
2: so. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You're you're taking okay, this is going to be a loss either way. Let's minimize my loss.
1: That's what the vast majority of people do because the broken because paying the money, right, doesn't doesn't put their life on the line, whereas the broken window or the broken legs, right? Or the broken neck, right? Absolutely. Like that, that physical violence against their person is much greater than, you know, paying, paying some money to ensure that that doesn't happen. That's what I'm saying, right? People, people will pay money for that safety. And that is what libertarians, anarchists are up against when we're talking to normal people, when we're pitching the idea of risky freedom right? Don't you want to be free? And they go, no, I want to pay them my money so that I don't have to worry about that stuff. And then they do. And then we get no headway, right? Because it's worth it to them. Well, I'd say it happened for it would
2: happen without the state. If they, in the absence of the state, uh, there would be aggressors, um, freelance aggressors that would want to aggress and you would still, you'd be paying protection money to a freelance protector. Okay, and they might even they might even be a friendly mercenary. Nurse. Perhaps say, look, I'll, yeah, I'm yeah a mercenary, sure. And they might say, yeah, well, um, I can protect you, but it, you know, it costs me to protect you. So, uh, if you want my services, then you got to pay me, and otherwise, I I, I leave you to I, the thugs.
0: I I think um, absolute decentralization would would occur if uh, if the government didn't exist, you'd have uh, you know, let's say my little, little neighborhood with my private street that I live on. Uh, we might all get together and say, well, uh, we're going to agree to you know, pay for our, our protection of our neighborhood. And if you don't like that, we're going to kick you out and find somebody else who does want to come in here and pay and pay for it. Okay. And uh, whether or not that's, you know, moral or okay or whatever, um, it would still be done because, you know, how can you, uh, fight against that if if there's nobody else, no centralized government to call.
1: Um, Well, let's work our way back to the Indians then, right? Where was their communal defense against the white aggressor? Well, it was technologically uh, outmatched. Is that all it was? Pretty much. Okay. So when Biden, guns. (laughs) So when Biden comes out and says, you can't fight the U.S. government because we've got the nukes and the F-15s and you don't have that, so we're just going to take your guns... Is it too late? Well, Have we lost? We are technologically outmatched. We if, have paid if, for if our they, service. If
0: they come for our guns, then they will probably win. Okay. <laughs> probably. I mean, well, I, don't, I don't know any place where that has not won. Like, it might take them a while. Okay. You know, they might make the law and then, you know, slowly pick people off. And then eventually people will go, well, I don't want to go to jail. I'm not going to,
1: you know. I'll just pay for my servitude things.
0: and stay alive. Yeah, and turn in the guns or, you know, what, what a lot of people do is they just don't tell the government that they have the guns. But that doesn't mean they're going to rise up against the government. I know? get it.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, it's a cliche, but they go like, well, if it's time to bury your guns, it's time to use your guns, <laughs> right? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. You can't, you can't save your guns, right, for some future battle where there's going to be less people fighting back.
2: Well, I would say that actually, guerrilla fighting does have a positive history. Not always, but there have been examples. The American Revolution uh, was essentially guerrilla fighting that defeated the British Empire, which was the largest military on the face of the earth at that time. Um, you know, the the Vietnamese, as under gunned, under uh, armed as the American military, uh, defeated the American military. The the uh Afghanis in uh, Afghanistan defeated Russia and the United states um so guerrilla fighting can be very, very effective I think when there's a kind of restraint on the side of those with the big biggest guns now even even uh, um in Hawaii you know Kamehameha succeeded in large part because he um, had guns and the opposition didn't
1: so I, I go back, you know, I go back to my original question about the Indians, right? If it's not about the technological disadvantage and guerrilla fighting works against superior firepower,
2: what happened? Well, they weren't unif- uh, unified. Probably the colonists weren't entirely unified either, but they were much more so. Uh, the tribes uh, had a lot of inter-tribal quarrels and, and yeah. rivalries too.
1: Yeah. Divide and conquer. They stayed divided. They got conquered. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be, it would behoove us, right, facing similar decimation to find a way to come together
0: and get all libertarians to come together. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) 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 Therein lies the fucking problem, right? There's historical precedent for what happens when you don't come together and you still can't get people who recognize that to come together.
0: Yeah, well, incentives matter, and so if, if the incentive is great enough to have, uh, uh, to, to redo the rules, to have a more free society or you know, whatever you want,
1: um, then, then it'll happen. I just want more freedom, man. I just want to be left alone. But I will get, I will individually get picked off if I resist, because it's partially a numbers game and partially a mentality thing right? Like my neighbors are not down with common defense because they don't perceive the government to be a problem and they will not come to my aid. Right. Liberty. If I I mean, that's,
0: that's the whole matrix thing. They're part of the matrix. They don't, they're they're so in in deep with it. They don't
1: realize that they're in it. (laughs) Understood. Like I'm there. And it's still like, so what, so what do we do to change it? What, how can we adapt our strategy? To convert yeah, more we, people,
0: we, we, we've been down this road many times, and there's there's two things you can do. Uh, one, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, live live the freest you can live, and and uh, uh, you know do whatever you can to resist in your own little way. Um, and the other one is to leave, you know, either with a big group of people to conquer the new land, or or on your own, and you know, li- again, live as free as
1: you can wherever you go.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like,
1: which, which again is what the Russians were doing when they left their war. Right. Like we just, we, if, whether so, yeah, it was some for, of that, for some more of that freedom, might
0: be just, just fear based. They're leaving out of fear. Who cares? Maybe not, not, maybe not really for more freedom. And that's, uh, and that's, and that's sad. You know, I, I wish more people would leave for freedom rather than just to get away because, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, from socialist countries, uh, leaving Venezuela, Come to America and then vote for more socialism.
1: Yeah. Mm. And, and they don't get it. You know? That, this, okay. So I just, I just had this thought. So let's flush it out here. That may be the biggest difference. Flush it out? Flesh it out Flesh, flush it out. Whatever. Flush, flush it out. Flush it out. Yeah. If it sounded okay. like flush, I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. We can flush things too. Okay. I don't have that sound effect on the board. Um, I want, I want to say that this would be the discerning difference uh, between migrant and refugee. Right refugee running from the pain of their current situation and migrant running to the pleasure of a better life for whatever reason. Thoughts?
2: I'd say that most of them are facing both of those circumstances. They're not just, they they are leaving, they wouldn't be leaving a terrible situation unless they thought that the next place was going to be better. You, You don't run into the, from the frying pan into the fire. Right. Um, but the,
1: the, the, things are not all that bad,
2: relatively speaking
1: here in the United States, right? Relatively speaking, we're mm-hmm. not, we're not, you know, buildings aren't blowing up, uh, every other day in your neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are places that you could move within the United States that are more free than where you currently are. Right. That's, that was the whole purpose behind the free state project is, move to where we're move to where others like you are going to be, and then we can make it better. Right. So that would be like a migratory move. Whereas the refugees, right. Do have the bombs blowing up next door to where they live, where they work and their, their lives are in imminent danger on a relatively daily basis. And they go, fuck it. I'm getting out of here. And I'm going somewhere where even if it's moderately better, if bombs aren't blowing up, that's a better situation. So you can be in a good situation and migrate for a better one. Right, like the the immigrants crossing the border from Mexico looking for a better life, their life's not all that bad in Mexico, right? We know this because Americans are moving to Mexico for similar reasons that the Mexicans are coming here because they view it to be better or afford them more liberty right the If you watch the anarchist documentary, uh, everyone was going to Acapulco for an Acapulco, even though it was just a conference. The, you know the early pitch at the time was, move here." Because even though the laws are worse, uh, the enforcement is also worse. So you can get away with more and you have more liberty here. That was the early pitch for an Acapulco, right? And we're going to have this conference to show you how much better things are here in Acapulco, right? Things aren't, things aren't dire in the United States, but it's still better here in Acapulco. So move here, which means people from Mexico, right, who have the choice to move to Acapulco, where things may or may not be better for them. But choose to cross the border coming here or doing so because they believe that the situation is better here, not necessarily because the situation there is all that dire
2: well, my daughter's one she's going she's lived in mexico she's going to move back to mexico um and it's uh it's got lots of pluses. it's actually I know she says that Mexico has a really bad rap in the media and and perceptions um, in other places uh you know it's beautiful, friendly, inexpensive. you're kind of and, making my uh, point. Good lifestyle yeah. Um, but I suppose there's almost anywhere in the world you can find the worst of cases. I often wonder why people stay in certain ghettos of Chicago or New York um, or Los Angeles if, <laughs> it's, um, if it's so bad, then just move to another place it should be easy enough to do. but I think there's inertia with people. I mean I have inertia with regard to staying in away for one thing. The climate is so attractive and yeah. um, so nice to be able to just go to the beach. So there, there are pluses here that uh, seem to make it uh, tolerable to put up with uh, higher taxes and government regulations and so on. There,
1: I came across another article several weeks ago. Hawaii is the happiest place in the country.
2: Despite Maybe because all that. people at the beach don't think about the government. <laughs> Probably not.
1: right? Yeah, I, think it,
0: I, I think it depends on who
1: they're polling too. Beach yeah. and circus. is Well, I don't remember who the article is from. It might have been some lefty rag. Who knows? But that was the headline, right? They, they did a study. Happiest place in the country, Hawaii. Why is that? If it's, yeah, if it it's so low that. on the freedom and liberty index, and yet the happiest place in the country, right, where's the dichotomy? Because it people they're are happier without freedom and liberty.
0: The, they're pro- polling uh, homeowners, and we've got very low property tax, and property value goes up every year, and so they're happy. Um, for, the, for the people who are not homeowners, um, they're probably not very happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what happens to all those homeowners with multiple dwellings when all the renters vacate?
0: Uh, that doesn't happen.
1: Why not? If the renters aren't happy, get that
2: inertia going, right? Well, move- there, there are... So, I mean, there's a net out migration. People are leaving the state uh, to go to other states, but there's always a, a lot of newcomers coming in because there's, it's a great tourist destination, even though it's a very expensive tourist destination. Um, there's enough wealthy people around the planet to um, keep a thriving tourist business here in Hawaii.
1: Does that say something for a thriving, growing economy then because you're trading out poor people for wealthy people? Well, we're not a thriving growing economy we're just we're just a static uh
0: complacent one
1: <laughs> I mean if ten renters leave and one wealthy guy comes in, right is that a net positive? Well it's
0: not just the one wealthy person, it's also the tourist too
1: okay so th- yeah it's i mean that has no that has no effect on the you know net migratory statistics though
0: yeah and th- and those statistics aren't aren't really all that important. Um, the most important thing is that we're not growing uh, as we should be. If we had a more free market, um, this would become Singapore. You know?
1: Yeah, that well, that, that's true everywhere, right? You free up the market, you become wealthier. Mm-hmm. So why not? You know, who's who there is standing in the way of that, and why? And well, again, it, with all those happy people, the, what's the problem? Because that's
0: exactly it. They're they're happy with the way it is. They don't want things to change. I call them conservative Democrats. And they're in power. Okay. So not in my backyard. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, so again. Except a rail. We're, we, want, we want this expensive
1: rail that nobody's going to ride. Does um, anyone have an update on that? Just since you brought yeah. it up.
0: Like, I mean, it's same old situation. They're overspending. and
1: uh, Are they still getting federal funding, though? Like, I thought the yeah. federal funding was halted. Just, just approved this week. Go on. Tell me more because I don't pay attention anymore.
0: That's, that's pretty much it. They're getting a whole bunch of money and they're spending more than they get. And it, and we don't know if it's going to be finished. <laughs>
2: it, it's it been already now they they said, well, it'll end a, a mile shorter than they had originally planned, which is ending, ending at um, Restaurant Row and Civic Center instead of at Ala Shopping Center. Okay. And they originally planned it to go all the way to um, uh, University of Hawaii, but uh, that's fantasy more fantasy now than it ever was
1: i guess you can always um, expand the line later right
2: well, yeah, i'm sure that they, uh, that's that's going to be i mean if it ever gets finished then yeah will be the next uh, push you know and and logic will have nothing to do with it. it'll be following campaign contributions all right we'll see
1: but again you have a a, a low freedom index state the happiest and stagnation because people like it the way it is all right I think, again, that that bolsters my claim earlier that people are willing to pay for safety rather than deal with the dangers of freedom. Headlines? Yeah. All right. I read these to you uh, prior, so I don't know if you've picked one out, KSMC, but I'll read them for everybody else. Uh, man, 3D prints guns. Oh, headline, man, 3D prints guns for a New York buyback event. Makes a whopping twenty one thousand uh, dollars. I'm just going to chime in real quick. It seems like every time one of these buyback events happens, someone does this, and I think we should start uh, tallying up the gains. And someone should be going for high scores at this point.
2: Like how much Why money did he make a million dollars? Why only twenty one thousand? I mean. Uh- did they did they have a little footnote in the rules saying, "Hey, wait a minute! Uh, after so many guns, we don't do any more. Or if it's a printed gun, we don't do it. Uh, or is it just um, that? I mean, maybe they didn't even. That's all he could print out in the time of the of the. Um, offer. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's more likely the case.
1: Right. I don't. I don't kept going. It seems odd that there would be a a, a twenty one thousand dollar limit. Like <laughs> you've. <laughs> However, many guns you bring in, twenty one thousand is all you are getting back. Right? You show up with one machine gun and forget about it. Um, we can do that one first. I'll read through the other headlines and then we can circle back to that one if that's the one that's catching you right, your ears. Right. Uh, headline: EU charger mandate forces Apple redesign. Headline: What do libertarians want from government land? Uh, headline: Not jonesing for the Jones Act. Anytime I see a Jones Act article, I think of you guys, and then it automatically makes it to show prep. Uh, headline, Biden is still seeking potential life sentences for distributing weed, even as he pardons for possession. A uh, Headline, FDA's perverse plan to ban menthol cigarettes and cap nicotine levels. A uh, Headline, what's the most important issue for the liberty movement to focus on? A uh, Headline, all of us are in danger uh, when anti-government speech becomes sedition. And finally, headline, PayPal introduces new reason for fines and bans. And I just remembered before we do the headlines, uh, MC last week's show uh, was basically lamenting on the fact that no one is fucking covering the impending nuclear Armageddon uh, and you you were the first to bring it up from whatever YouTube sources you found online there. And then the only thing that dominated the news cycle this week was the impending nuclear Armageddon. Uh, from Russia if whatever did, doesn't happen. So I want to say... it
0: dominate the news cycle? I don't really pay attention to mainstream news. It, did it make it to that?
1: Yeah, that's... it. It, it, okay, was, it was all over, which is why I'm bringing it up now, because I, I, I first And want so, and so to you know you why that
0: happened? is because Elon Musk chimed in. Right. And they were like, oh, no, now we have to talk about it, because <laughs> Elon Musk <laughs> is talking about it, and he shouldn't be saying those things.
1: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah. MC says Elon Musk listens to the anarchist experience... <laughs> which is because it's the only place you would have heard it last week, uh, aside from those whatever YouTube channels that you got it from, MC. So you said the mainstream media needs to talk about it. Elon Musk heard your plea and got the mainstream media to talk about it. So some vindication for you there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all over the mainstream news now. Um, Biden's covering it, right? Like North Korea launched a missile over Japan. South Korea retaliated by launching a missile into the ocean.
2: <laughs> you know, in, in a way, it fits into your argument earlier about better uh, is, uh, safe than free. Uh, when you think about uh, well, negotiating with the Soviet Union over the idea that uh, they might use the nuclear weapons, well, the nuclear weapon is a, is, it can be a blackmail um, thing then for anything that they want. And so, uh, you know, the the desire to say, to to push back and say, no, you won't um, is, um, is that argument? No, we'd rather be free of Putin than, uh, than uh, let him drop the nukes.
1: Well, okay. Another article that I came across didn't, wasn't really show prep ish. Um, John Bolton came out and said the quiet part out loud. Right, they they got him on some interview, and he said, "Well, what we really need is regime change in Russia. Got to get that <laughs> Putin guy out of here." Yeah, yeah. Who, who let who let that John Bolton guy on on the stage again? Oh, okay. So again, amazingly enough, right? He keeps saying the quiet part out loud, and no one seems bothered by it.
0: Well, yeah, uh, I know. That's that's what I've been saying is that the left is basically a death cult. They they. They don't even care if they're right or wrong. They they're just doing things and 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 they don't care. They don't they don't have a idea of consequence. Okay. You know what? And doesn't matter what they're doing if they're talking about uh, you know transgender issues or whatever. It's like, or or coronavirus lockdowns. It doesn't matter. They just push forward. They just do things, and they don't think about consequence. Okay. Um, and and so that's and that's why I'm really afraid of. The left being in control of the military and you know CIA going woke and all that stuff uh, is because they they are incapable of uh, being
1: at fault. Okay, in their own minds. So let me let me play devil's advocate briefly because as I as I age in life, right? It's like what's going to be on my tombstone um, and the last thing that I landed on that I think would be appropriate for how I currently go about things is on my tombstone it will read damn the consequences. And for me it's not because I'm not aware of the consequences it's that I would rather I would rather live my life based on morals and ethics and principles sure than base my life thinking about the consequences of what living by morals and ethics and principles will bring.
0: And and good for you and and your personal life but if if you if you happen to be uh, the emperor and you've got, you know, millions of people at your disposal, um, possibly the entire world, then, uh, we, we'd hope that, uh, consequences would, would figure into your uh, thought process, but you're not, you never will be because you don't
1: want that right <laughs> for yourself. So, but if, but if the left is similarly operating based on their principles, as no, opposed they to have w- no
0: principles, that's okay, what I'm saying.
2: Right. <laughs> they care they don't need principles they care
0: yeah they care so much about uh, I don't even know what they care about but it's like okay so Russia
2: equity
1: and equality
0: uh, Putin is the bad guy now for whatever reason just like you know uh, uh, Saddam Hussein was the bad guy and whatever they do it doesn't matter they don't have to negotiate they don't have to convince anybody of anything Um, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing uh, with, without thought of consequences.
1: Okay. And, and, and if you're, if the claim is that they operate without consequences and they have no principles, then yes, that's a dangerous place. But if they, if they, if they are truly acting on principle, right, can you really fault them for not worrying about the consequences? If they go like, well, no, we're standing, we're standing by what we believe.
0: Could they possibly have besides labeling people, uh, you know bad like well this is okay. Bad, therefore, we are good, and
1: that's that's pretty much all that the left does. So label people. So again, with the Putin situation, it is it is quite easily misconstrued, right? That this attack happened in a bubble. If you are not paying attention to long world history, right, or like, even you know six, eight years ago, sure. But again, the, the left doesn't pay attention to that because that was two election cycles ago. Right? <laughs> the last time Biden was in. The <laughs> last time Biden was in. Doesn't matter. People forget that stuff really quickly. And I would surmise that a lot of the boots-on-the-ground protesters you see out there from the left skew demographically younger, Right. And may not have been paying attention because who was paying attention to that stuff at the age they would have been six to eight years ago? Uh, it's, it's not just an age thing. It's, uh, it's, 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 a, uh, it's, it's beyond that. Okay. Yeah. Still playing devil's advocate, taken in a vacuum, right? Uh, uh, Ukraine has a democratically elected president and Russia invaded, right? Yeah, well, not exactly. Not, <laughs> not exactly, because you understand the history that led up to that situation, and what I'm saying is that you can you can act on principle, and still have the facts wrong, right? Like if yeah, and if, so
0: and so that's why and that's why it's so important of what, what Elon Musk was saying, um, and he brought up that you know there there's significant portions of Ukraine that is Russian speaking that probably wants to be part of Russia, yeah. Let let them go. And then uh, leadership from the U.S. says the same thing that they said in Iraq, which is, no, they cannot do that. We have these, these lines drawn on this map for a reason. Like, Understand.
2: you like reasons, man. <laughs> Understood. Which was, which was the opposite of the American position in Kosovo when Joe Biden demanded that Serbia be bombed unless they let go of a little territory called Kosovo. All right.
1: But in, in a vacuum... I, again, I'll go back to this, in a vacuum, right? libertarians would ordinarily be siding with Ukraine because they have been invaded by an aggressive force, a violation of the non-aggression when, principle. When you
0: say they, I think, I think that's uh, misleading. The Ukraine.
1: The people of a, the Ukraine. An arbitrary border. Uh, a, ma- a magic line was crossed. Understood. But aggressively crossed with violence. Right. I don't, I don't care if the line sure. exists right if if even though there's no border right if if my neighbor like kicks in my door and starts throwing punches right i would come to my own defense and extrapolate that out neighborhood by neighborhood city by city country by country it's what led up to that that's important to get the whole picture yeah, and i think that's, that's what it's that's, that's what the left is missing but a lot of people miss the whole picture
0: well and and to make it a little bit more clear, this, this whole thing, in, in my opinion, is uh, Russia being desperate because they can see what's coming. Yeah. The, the West has been pushing and uh, trying to get into Ukraine's business for a long time. Biden was a big part of that. Yeah. And if you see what's coming, then you have to do something. And so he, this is the consequence.
1: He's a doing pre, something. A preemptive <laughs> defensive strike. A,
2: a kinetic military a kinetic military action well, from from the point of view of a lot of those Russian descendants in Eastern Ukraine, they felt that the coup had been in 2014 when the U.S. and a lot of European countries um, egged on the rebellion and throughout uh, the the pro uh, Russian president, and so they, they viewed that as the coup and that this is just restoring the. Um, the, the, the proper role of being an ally with Russia. There was, there was a rebuttal
1: to Elon Musk's Twitter claim by some, you know, Twitter expert. I don't know what you, what you want to call those people. And <laughs> blue in, check. In, blue check, okay. So Elon Musk tweeted out, you know, the, the border lines or whatever from like 2012 uh, where it seemed as though the part that he was going to cut off and return to Russia seemed relatively pro-Russian. Right. And then some Twitter expert came back and said, well, there's your 2012 data and here's the 2019 data. And most of Ukraine was covered by Zelensky supporters, not individually. And there was, there was like a little chunk of there that you could still see skews Russian. Um, but the vast majority of it supported the, you know, currently democratically quote unquote elected president of the country, uh, and, and basically rebuts Elon Musk's uh, theory that that part, you know, is pro Russia and should be returned, because it was mostly pro Ukraine seven years after the Musk posts. Yeah, I, so I what still do you think do?
0: it's. I still think it's kind of irrelevant at this point, and because of, well, what what the entire goal of of the West is is to uh, influence and basically take over Ukraine as either a member of NATO or a puppet. And the, the demand from Russia is no Ukraine should be neutral or pro-Russian and that's not happening. So that's why there's a, that's, this is what the whole argument's about. You know? and, and the left doesn't want to have that argument because they, all they want to say is, yeah. oh, well, they they crossed this imaginary line. Therefore, they're bad. And and OK, so we're going to we're OK with ending
1: the world because of this imaginary line. And I would agree that the left doesn't want to have that argument is because they are not versed in the history that led up to it. They, oh, I think
0: they are. I think they're liars really? and okay, they're All thieves. Right. I mean, not everybody, obviously. I mean, you know, most people in the media are, are uh, you know, script reading monkeys. So, right. Do they know anything? Who cares? So you have uh, you but, have. But a Biden s- certainly knew what what happened because he was a big part of it.
1: You know? Right. So you have a small handful of people that understand what's really going on and because they know that their base, right, doesn't understand what's going on, doesn't want to understand what's going on and will actively uh, dissuade people from understanding what's going on, right, then that small percentage of people who do are able to manipulate the masses and gain popular support. And so the, the... The vast majority of the leftists, right, who support this thing may very well be acting on principle, right, even if they don't understand the entire situation.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, that's always the question is, like, what do you mean by you support Ukraine?
1: Ask them. They have no idea. Everybody will
0: have a different, you know, answer. Um, you know, it's the same thing as when, when people in, in the U S said, well, I support the troops. So like, well, what do you mean? How do you support the troops? Like in your thoughts and prayers
1: or, and yeah. you, you know, do, do you send them extra paychecks? Um, you know, you know I, you, I want, I, I had the idea for a t-shirt of something similar to that, right? Like early on in that thing, I, you know, I sent this off to, to somebody, uh, you know, cause they're, they're more likely to print t-shirts than I am. Uh, but it's basically like I support Russia's troops. I don't support Russia's war, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's the same bullshit here.
2: Yeah, right? yeah. Get, get behind so the you troops. Really, you don't have to, you know. You really, yeah, send them home if, they, if you really like them and favor them. And how and,
1: and how many Russian citizens would would share the same sentiment?
2: Right. Well, I don't agree with Putin sending
1: troops to Ukraine, but those are our boys. So let them yeah, fight. Well, let yeah. them live. Let them win.
0: The only thing I can say is I I don't support the the escalation on on both sides, um, and mostly I, I blame the the left because, like I said, if you if you can't uh, negotiate, if you can't even talk to uh, the bad guy, then when the bad guy does something, whose
1: fault is that? I don't know. Could it, be both. Could be both. Yeah, Trump got a lot of shit for for going down and talking with. Kim Jong-un, whatever. How dare you speak with the enemy? He's weak when talking with Putin because Putin bad, right? We don't talk to those people. They're the bad guys. And he wanted to talk. He wanted to negotiate, right? He wanted What's really going on. And he got shit for it in the United States media.
2: Well, the U S was certainly willing to talk to the Taliban when they wanted to get out. They wanted to have an excuse. And of course they didn't involve the Afghan government that they had been so, uh, for 20 years trying to install uh, over the country of Afghanistan. I mean, this is the hypocrisy of it. The United States uh, says, uh, Russia's bad invading, uh, Ukraine. Excuse me. What was, what was us doing in Iraq and, and Afghanistan for 20 years? And that's not even part of the, of the yeah. calculation here.
1: And that would be where the libertarians and the anarchists are more consistent, right? Both mm-hmm. of those were bad and fuck all the governments. Final thoughts. Good stuff.
0: What, what what is it exactly that liber- libertarians should uh, care about the most? One of your articles.
1: Oh man, I closed yeah. it. Stand by. Oh no, No, nope, <laughs> I, I will reopen it. Stand by.
0: <laughs> I I just want to know what it is. I don't care. what yeah, the, the, whole the article.
2: headline of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, what what
1: the answer is?
2: Yeah, the answer.
1: All right. Give me a moment. Education. Okay. And the main reason education is so important is that it is the key to all the rest. The first step to achieving change on any issue is teaching people about it, and we will struggle to do that effectively as long as the government has a virtual monopoly on teaching the next generation. So they covered so six. Isu- ab- they covered six issues: uh, amend- military-industrial complex, immigration, criminal justice, money in the Fed, free speech, and gun rights, and then education was the winner.
2: And I would amend it saying. Correct education. Fair enough. Yeah. Because that's part of the problem too, that, that the government has been in charge of education for all those years. And that's why we've got such a supportive population of sheep. Absolutely. Anything else? Okay, okay. Good,
1: good. All right. You guys know where to find us? Anarchistexperience.com. On Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Peace.
2: Aloha.